We are two weeks out from the 2022 midterms, and like clockwork, it seems the militant left has been reactivated just in time for the Democrats to lose. And no, I'm not trying to take sides here. It just genuinely does seem that Democrats putting transgenderism and abortion at the forefront of their campaign was the wrong move as Americans continue to focus in on our crashing economy and surging nationwide crime. We're going to be checking in on how Democratic candidates are faring ahead of the November 8th elections, and if Arizona's Katie Hobbs or Pennsylvania's John Fetterman are any indication of what's in store, I think it's very safe to say that the Democrats are going to lose, which is why we now have Hillary Clinton back in the fold with a very important message about stolen elections and the extreme right ahead of 2024. Let's listen. Hello, Indivisibles. I'm here to highlight something that... <laughs> is keeping me up at night. And I know this group really understands what I'm about to say. I know we're all focused on the 2022 midterm elections and they are incredibly important. But we also have to look ahead because you know what? Our opponents certainly are. Right-wing extremists already have a plan to literally steal the next presidential election. Welcome back to another episode of Rapid Fire. My name is Savannah Hernandez, and I am so sorry uh, for opening up the show with uh, Satan himself, <clears throat> Hillary Clinton, or at least one of the, his most valuable counterparts here in the U.S. Uh, anyways, sorry to open up the show with that way, but it's been a minute since I've been back with you guys, and the midterms are heating up. We're about two weeks away, and we already have Hillary Clinton coming out in full force, calling the right-wing extremists who are trying to steal elections. We're going to be getting into so much because we've missed a lot since I've been gone. And I've also been on the ground reporting exclusively in Portland on their homeless and drug crisis, their epidemic that's been plaguing that city because of the progressive policy over there. On top of that, I was also in Nashville covering Matt Walsh's uh, rally against child mutilation surgery. And uh, it was absolutely insane to say the least. The Violent and rabid left is back out in full force just in time for those elections. And we're going to be getting into all of it here. But of course, before we do, if you do like this show, please remember that it is funded by you, my beautiful subscribers. One of the best ways to uh, support this show is by heading to my subscribe star where you guys can actually have uh, access to direct messaging with me. On top of that, I will also put in um, ahead of time the next uh, the next uh, trip that I'm going on, the next report that I'm looking at, you guys get to give me your two cents on what you think I should cover. So go check out my subscribe star. The link is down below. Or if you uh, want to support the show even further, and this is one of my favorite ways to do so, you guys can go pick up a box of old country soap using coupon code SAV for 20% off. Now, if you want skin like SAVs, you have to buy the best soap that money can buy, and I guarantee you it is old country soap. Now, I have been telling you guys that I have been traveling, and one of my favorite parts about coming home is getting to use my Sissel Fiber soap bag that exfoliates my skin and getting to use the incredible old country soap. This is the lavender right here. Okay. Tallow and bentonite clay. I tell you guys every single time that this is a product that I use every single day, except for when I'm on the road, but I actually just bought a travel case for my soap because it's that great. And I miss it that much when I'm on the road. Uh, so Christmas is coming up. You guys can do a year supply of soap, or you guys can just try out a box. They have lavender scent, wildflower, or even just tallow for maybe some of the uh, men in the chat here and in listening to the show who don't want to smell like a wildflower. I promise you, you will not regret checking out Old Country Soap. Use coupon code SAP for 20% off. This is a product that I love. It is American made on a farm in South Dakota. I can't hype it up enough because I really do truly love it. Now, without further ado, we have so much news to get into. So let's just jump straight into the fact that the Democrats are absolutely sweating ahead of the 2022 midterms because they are losing steam. And why is that? Well, AP News put this uh, article out basically highlighting how Democrats have held both chambers of Congress and the presidency for the last two years. But it seems they're going to be losing a lot of that, that power because Republicans are favored to win the House in the November 8th midterm elections. Of course, people are bolstered by frustration over the economy and, of course, the surging crime throughout the United States. That's what uh, everyone in the United States that has common sense is focused in on. But, of course, Democrats continue to platform anything and everything outside of that. 
Now, uh, Susan Saradon, who's a very liberal actress, shared this this a uh, picture, the same exact quote, actually, that got Gina Carano fired, by the way. She shared this and it says it didn't start with gas chambers. It started with one party controlling the media, one party controlling the message, one party deciding what is truth, one party censoring speech and silencing opposition, one party dividing citizens into us and them and calling on their supporters to harass them. It started when good people turned a blind eye and let it happen. Now, it's funny because you oftentimes see leftists uh, promoting these types of messages, right? Which it is a very strong and important message. However, the people oftentimes promoting this don't realize it's their own side that is the one controlling the media, controlling the message, controlling truth. Remember that Joe Biden tried to start a disinformation board with Nina Jackowitz, who was trying to label the, the right wing as extremist, already had preconceived notions about Republicans as, uh, you know, being the arbiters of disinformation and saying that they did deserve to be censored and that, uh, well, she felt that it was actually big tech that was more unfair to the left wing and censored them unfairly. Do not forget that it was Biden's administration that tried to be the arbiter of truth. Do not forget that it's the media currently covering for Joe Biden as he continues to have what one could call um, dementia-induced blackouts live on stage where he just goes blank and then reporters and people around him have to either guide him back to safety because he starts wandering aimlessly around or he just blanks out in the middle of an interview. Do not forget that it's our media that is covering for Joe Biden as that is currently happening in front of uh, everyone in America's faces. Do not forget that it is big tech that has silenced and censored their political opposition. Remember that it was the Hunter Biden story that was censored ahead of the 2020 elections. Okay, don't forget that it was Donald Trump, a sitting president of the United States that was kicked off of Twitter, uh, even though he did try to stop January 6th and stop people from going to the Capitol, utilizing his Twitter, by the way, that's all been deleted, though, so you can't remember that. Uh, do not forget that it was the Democratic Party that ostracized the unvaccinated and got them kicked out of their jobs, which, by the way, we have some great news coming out of New York regarding those vaccinations. But don't remember or don't forget, do remember the party that is responsible for all of this, okay? And I really want to focus in on the portion that says the um, party censoring speech and silencing opposition. Now, the militant left has been reactivated uh, ahead of the 2022 midterms. And of course, we immediately have the media trying to cover for that. Now, Ted Cruz recently went on The View and went head to head with Whoopi Goldberg, which, you know, the debate really wasn't fair because Whoopi Goldberg has uh, the IQ of a buttered piece of toast. And to go up against Ted Cruz is a truly an unfair match. Uh, but she basically tried to say that the left doesn't lash out and the left doesn't get violent when they don't get their way. Let's listen to that. And then let me show you some examples from just two days ago about how that's a lie. Let's listen. Here's the thing. We may not like when Republicans win, but we don't go and we don't storm. We don't try to change. But we'll go to the did I miss an entire year of Antifa riots where cities across this country were burning and, and police cars well, were being yeah, fire burned? You Your position is the left doesn't engage in violence? Really? No. So Ted Cruz goes head to head with Whoopi Goldberg. And of course, he brings up the Antifa riots when Whoopi tries to pretend that the left doesn't storm, uh, referring to January 6th and what happened on that day, uh, that the left doesn't freak out, that they don't push back when they don't get their way, which is absolute BS. Let's not forget the inauguration of Donald Trump um, back in when was that 2017? Yeah, 2017. That was absolutely horrific because, um, you know, Antifa. The left didn't get their way, so they went and rioted throughout Washington, D.C., and they were breaking windows. It was horrific. And then throughout the four years, let's not forget the over 380 documented hate crimes. Uh, this was a Breitbart list that was created uh, because of all of the Trump supporters that were physically attacked for either being a Republican, wearing a Trump hat, sometimes even just waving an American flag on the streets of Washington, D.C. I witnessed many of these 
truly domestic terrorist attacks myself, okay? The domestic terrorists being BLM and Antifa who have faced very limited repercussion for their acts against the American people. Uh, let's fast forward to the modern day and take a peek at what's currently going on. Ahead of November 8th, Rubio campaign canvasser seriously injured after violent attack for wearing DeSantis hat, Rubio shirt campaign says. Now, Marco Rubio came forward and said, that this canvasser is currently suffering from a broken jaw, internal bleeding, and is going to need facial reconstructive surgery after he was campaigning in a neighborhood. And uh, these attackers came up to him and said, Republicans are not welcome here. A beating then ensued. And this is how this uh, poor young man was left, bloodied, battered, bruised, and beaten. So yeah, tell me again, Whoopi Goldberg, about how the left doesn't lash out when they don't get their way. We're already seeing it, and the 2022 midterms haven't even happened yet. But Democrats know they're going to lose, which is why we're already seeing the violence ramp up. Couple that with... Um, the activists that are taking to college campuses right now and trying to get Republican speakers shut down. Now, why do they do this? It's because they cannot handle free speech, they cannot handle freedom of thought, and they cannot handle people like Matt Walsh or an Alex Stein going to a college campus and voicing an opinion that counters theirs, voicing an opinion that's pro-America, that's pro-freedom, that's pro-humanity. Now, I want to play you a clip from Alex Stein. This was yesterday. He went to... Um, I believe it was Penn State, yes. And he was speaking with Gavin McGinnis. This is a short clip. You guys need to go watch the full uh, four-minute piece that Alex put out because the rabid leftists are out in full force. But here's a quick clip of Alex versus a young college student who could not stand him speaking on her campus. You're my favorite. Fuck you. Fuck you. You I'm sorry. I love Alex so much. There's no other person on the face of this earth who I know who could genuinely get spat upon and laugh it off and play it off as beautifully as primetime 99 Alex Stein pimp on a blimp eating shrimp all day every day. I absolutely adore Alex because of his composure in the face of this lunacy. Uh, but again, this is an example of the leftist activists being reactivated for election season. And if you think that what we're, we're showing you right now is bad, this is just the beginning because I guarantee you Trump is going to announce a run for president. And as soon as that happens, we're going to see more and more activity just like this. Now, these are a couple of clips that I took from Matt Walsh's protest against child mutilation in Nashville this past Friday. Uh, these were the the um, pro-transgender protesters, very violent, very intolerant, Surprise, surprise. Uh, here were uh, some of their comments from this past Friday. square people. He's a far-right lunatic propagandist. If you support anything he fucking says, you are indoctrinating everyone you know into being a Nazi. Matt Walsh is a sarcastic terrorist. Okay, so that's the left. And I cut this clip short, but at the end, this woman flips me off. And she did so because I was highlighting the juxtaposition of the two different Americas. And my favorite part about this clip is on the left side, you have normal America who genuinely is trying to stand up for children. They just look like your everyday middle-class Americans just trying to go support Matt Walsh, somebody that they look up to at an event holding their signs. They look clean cut. They smelled good, normal Americans. And then on the right side, you have these green-haired, literal fascists who are screaming about how Matt Walsh is a Nazi and how anybody who listens to him or pushes any of his rhetoric is also indoctrinating their friends to be Nazis too. That's the party of Hillary Clinton, Joe Biden, Barack Obama, AOC, Rashida Tlaib, Ilhan Omar. Those are their constituents. Let's keep going. This was one of my other favorite clips. Um, just quick note for headphone users. You might want to turn down your volume a little bit. Um, Another highlight of what it's like to be around the uh, very smart, very inclusive, and very tolerant left. Here's another one of my clips. 
I would just like to, after listening to that, um, again, put up this video of Hillary Clinton with her quote that it is right-wing extremists that are planning to steal the next presidential election. Remember that it was Joe Biden who said that it was mega Republicans who were semi-fascist. It was mega Republicans who are the racist extremists. So we're we're the extremists. I'm a right-wing extremist. Meanwhile, I go to a leftist event and that's what's screaming at me on the streets of America. It's an absolute joke. Now, Let's take a peek in on why Democrats are sweating so much ahead of these elections. Now, the militant left has already been reactivated. The militia wing of the Democratic Party, if you will, getting ready to take to the streets to beat anybody into submission who has the audacity to stand up for their country, for their rights or for, you know, the American flag and decides to wave it. Um, those people are now getting um, back on the streets to come beat you up, which is super fun for everybody involved on the right. Um, <clears throat> but yes, we're the extremists. Let's check in on how the leader of the Democrat Party is doing, by the way, because um, if I were a Democrat right now, I would be freaking out as my election years. Uh, MSN wrote this piece. Actually, it comes from the Washington Post. It says, Democrats fear the midterm map is slipping away. The Liberal Navigator public tracking poll flashed a major warning sign for Democrats in mid-October, reporting a 20 percentage point jump since September in the share of independent voters concerned about the economy and gas prices. Ah, gosh, not the economy and gas prices. Come on, guys. We've been really pushing abortion and transgenderism. Why aren't the people focusing on that instead? You know, every single um, political analyst and campaigner and uh, person helping Democrats in office right now truly needs to be fired because they really have led this entire party astray. I personally think that they need a raise because they're doing a great job campaigning for Republicans. Uh, let's keep going, though, in this article. So on top of independent voters now being concerned about the economy and gas prices, um, that was not the only data showing a turning of the tide in the battle for Congress. Regional challenges had shown up in internal Democratic polls from blue sanctums in the Pacific Northwest, New York, and even Rhode Island. Democratic strategists say crime, a major focus of Republican advertising, has also risen a major issue in several races. And those Democratic candidates now feeling the ground shift. The economic concern is definitely worse. And I think that is probably part of what is corroded concern about abortion rights, said Marie Glusen Camperes, 34, a Democratic candidate for Congress in Southern Washington State. Now, if you guys haven't seen my latest video from Portland, I suggest you go watch that. The reason I go to progressive cities, the reason I go to progressive states, the reason I go to the West Coast as a whole, because the whole entire area is absolutely disgusting from Washington all the way down to California. The reason I go over there is to highlight the reality of progressive loving Democrat policy. It is horrific. OK, Portland is similar to a house of horrors. You turn the corner and there's something scarier down the street. Every single time you turn, there's something scarier than what you just saw. That's the streets of Portland, okay? I walked past a, a bag of human feces. I watched a man overdose. And two hours prior to that, I watched an attempted robbery of a local business owner. So Portland is an absolute hellhole. And this is what the entire West Coast and East Coast, any city truly that is run by a progressive Democrat looks like. And the American people are absolutely sick and tired of it. And that is why crime is at the forefront for the American citizen. That's why the economy, which is currently crashing, is at the forefront for the American citizen. And who is the leader of the Democratic Party? It is Joe Biden, who doesn't even have enough energy to make it through a short MSNBC interview. Now, Joe Biden had several gaffes, several moments where he blinked out last week. So I made a little mini compilation for you, starting off with an interview with Joe Biden, basically saying, hey, if you're worried about my cognitive decline, just watch me. Here's a quick compilation that I created of Joe Biden just in the past week, maybe week and a half here. I'll give him a little bit more leeway just in a half the past week and a half. How badly Joe Biden has been doing. This is the leader for the Democratic candidates ahead of 2022. I, I think it's a legitimate thing to be concerned about anyone's age, including mine. I think that's totally legitimate. But I think the best way to make the judgment is to, uh, to you know, watch me. Let's watch you, Joe. So this is Joe Biden from last week looking utterly confused and lost on stage after giving a speech 
Homeboy makes a full 360 turn as he tries to exit the stage. Then we have Joe Biden looking absolutely confused as to whether or not he should answer this question from a reporter because his handlers, you know, didn't tell him if he could or not. So, of course, this gentleman comes in and answers for him. I have not made that formal decision, but it's my intention, my intention to run again. And we have time to make that decision. Uh, Dr. Biden is for it. Mr. President. Oh, Dr. Biden thinks that uh, my wife thinks that. Uh, that I uh, that, that we're that we're doing something very important. You know, am I slowing up? Am I don't have the same pace? Or, you know, uh, and that old joke, you know, uh, um, everybody talks about the, you know, the new 70s, 50s and all that stuff. You know, I, you know, it could be, I, I'm a great respecter of fate. I could get a disease tomorrow. I could, you know, drop dead tomorrow. So there was a quick compilation that together of Joe Biden's past week and a half. Not only did he say, oh, I could almost die tomorrow. When asked in that MSNBC interview if he plans on running again for president, he completely blinks out so much so that even the interviewer has to go, oh, oh, because he's like, Joe, Joe, Miss, Mr. Prezi, wake, wake up, little guy. And then, oh, oh, you're awake. Oh, you're awake. You're awake. <laughs> I just fell asleep there on me for a second. Let's go outside and talk. Okay. You just said you were going to die on camera. Incredible. Uh, and you also blanked out on stage and completely forgot where you were twice this week. In incredible, Mr. Joe Biden. On top of that, uh, this past weekend, Joe made sure to go to Delaware for yet another weekend vacation at his beach home. Biden has spent 252 days, 40% of his presidency on vacation. But you know, when you have dementia, you don't want to be overworked. And uh, truly, Joe Biden uh, forcing Joe up on the public stage is a form of elder abuse. We all see it. We all know it. He's an international laughingstock. And that's why Democrats are very concerned ahead of November 8th, because that's their leader. But luckily for them, Joe Biden has made the very wise decision to put transgenderism at the forefront of his campaign just two weeks away from the midterms. Now, he brought Dylan Mulvaney, which is a man who pretends to be a woman who actually insults all women by pretending to be this ditzy. Oh, I almost dropped the hard R there. This ditzy, dumb caricature of what a female should be. He plays this on TikTok. That's who Joe Biden decided to bring to the White House to talk about women's issues and transgenderism. Uh, I just want to play you a quick clip of what Joe Biden is prioritizing ahead of the midterms as our economy crashes, as our gas prices continue to rise. Uh, despite what Joe Biden might tweet out, he put out a tweet today saying they were lowering. We'll get to that in a moment. But this is who he invited to the White House. It's day 222 of being a girl. I'm in Washington, D.C., and I'm going to the White House to speak to the president of the United States. Huh. You know that phrase, I fear I may have girl boss too close to the sun? Well, that's how I feel today because I get to sit down with Joe Biden and now this news and I get to ask him a few questions surrounding trans issues in the United States and talk to him about my transness. And I, I really just want to represent my community the best that I can. And you know what? As silly as I am on here, I'm ready to step up and show that trans people, we're not going anywhere. And that trans kids, they deserve a fighting chance to be their true selves. Okay? Okay, that's enough. I don't want to listen to any more of that. That's who Joe Biden is bringing into the White House. Now, he's made a mockery of his entire administration since he's gotten to office. So this is not a surprise. Um, but again, this is what is being prioritized. Here is Dylan Mulvaney, man pretending to be a woman, speaking to Joe Biden about transgenderism. Do you think states should have a right to ban gender affirming health care? I don't think any state or anybody should have the right to do that as a moral question and as a legal question. I just think it's wrong. Okay, so that's what they're focused in on. And I would like to make the note here that there I, I don't believe that there's any state that is banning gender reassignment surgery for adults. They're banning gender reassignment surgery for children. So understand what Joe Biden is pushing here. He is pushing uh <clears throat> he is pushing genital mutilation surgery for children. And that's what this person, Dylan Mulvaney, is advocating for as well.
So I love it too when these trans activists go up and say, oh, gender assignment surgery shouldn't be just completely banned. It's just so horrible. It's not being banned. It's being banned for children. If you're an 18-year-old adult, go chop off your breast all day long. Go get your dick chopped off. Nobody cares. Congratulations. You made that choice. They're trying to stop this for children because children are now being targeted with this nationwide, and it's become a very big issue. But great job, Joe Biden. Go ahead and campaign on that. Now, abortion is another big issue. And we had Stacey Abrams, who is running for governor of Georgia. Oh, gosh, Stacey. We'd love to see it. Uh, who joined Lotto on stage with a My Body, My Choice sign in Atlanta. Now, Lotto is a very ratchet singer, rapper, whatever. I don't know. I don't really listen to her music. All I know is that she's, a, I believe, a rapper. And Stacey Abrams decided to join her on stage to talk about the importance of abortion rights, guys, because, uh, you know, inflation might be bad. The economy might be bad, but it's only because you have kids. And if you were able to kill your kid in the womb, you wouldn't have to be worrying about these prices. Sounds crazy, right? Uh, yeah. Well, that's not coming from me. It's coming from Stacey Abrams herself. Here is Stacey Abrams' response to, again, food costs, inflation costs, rising gas prices. Listen. You're running for governor of Georgia. Uh, I would assume, maybe incorrectly, but while abortion is an issue, it nowhere reaches the level of interest of voters in terms of the cost of gas, food, bread, milk, things like that. What can a governor, what could you do as governor to alleviate the concerns of Georgia voters about those livability, daily, hourly issues that they're confronted with? But let's be clear. Having children is why you're worried about your price for gas. It's why you're concerned about how much food costs. For women, this is not a reductive issue. You can't divorce being forced to carry an unwanted pregnancy from the economic realities of having a child. Whoo! Okay. So that's why the Democrats are going to lose. And it gets much worse, too. We're actually going to get into the candidates here in a moment. Um, once I am done highlighting and fact-checking the absolute train wreck that is Joe Biden. But per Stacey Abrams, it's not really that the economy is crashing and that we have a 40-year high for inflation rates. It's the fact that you have a kid that you have to take care of. And um, if you had the option to kill that child, then you wouldn't have to pay for them. And then life wouldn't seem so expensive for you, right? Let's uh, hone in on gas prices because Joe Biden Biden came out with this banger of a tweet yesterday and said prices at the pump are down for the second week in a row. And the most common price in the U.S. is back down to $3.49 a gallon. Folks are moving in the right direction. Now, I just want to go ahead and fact check good fact check good old Joe here for a second because $3.49 seems like a pretty good price compared to the $1.50 gas prices we had Donald Trump. Am I right? Uh, I mean, I don't miss those days at all. I don't miss Trump being in office at all and those uh, very, very cheap gas prices that I had never seen in my lifetime. But we all know that that was just a result of Obama's uh, you know, policy that we didn't see put into place until Donald Trump took over and then... Um, restructured our entire economy and, and, you know, brought back jobs to America and lowered gas prices and made us more prosperous. But that was all a result of Obama. We know that. So Joe Biden now trying to uh, take credit for those lowering gas prices, which have been a result as well of him draining our strategic oil reserves, which are supposed to be used in times of war, but it's fine. Um, so he says that we're back down to 349 a gallon. I just wanted to fact check that real quick. Now, per triple eight, the, uh, National average for gas is actually 377, Joe. So you might want to work on your prices there. You might want to work. I just wanted to I just wanted to fact check that real quick just so we were up to date on everything. Now, Joe Biden has released an extra 15 million barrels from our strategic oil reserve, and that um, completes the release of the 180 million barrels authorized by Joe Biden in March. And that has sent our strategic reserves to its lowest level since 1984 and what the administration called a bridge until domestic production could be increased. Who stopped domestic production of oil here in the United States. I can't remember. It's just, I just can't remember, guys. But anyways, yeah, it's worth the lowest level since 1984. Um, our reserves now contain roughly 400 million barrel, barrels of oil. On top of that, per the Epoch Times, the U.S. has only 25 days of diesel supply. The shortage could cripple the economy. Uh, the United States is down to about 
25 days of diesel supply as a top White House official declared the stockpile levels to be unacceptably low. Now, this comes from data provided by the Energy Information Administration, showing that diesel stockpiles are at their lowest level for October and records that date back to 1993, according to a Bloomberg News analyst. The diesel crunch comes just two weeks before the November 2022 elections. And uh, keep in mind, too, that most of the products we use are transported by trucks and trains with diesel engines. But that's nothing to worry about, guys. Let's keep focusing in on transgenderism and abortion rights. Now, on top of that, Joe Biden is trying to gaslight the American people into thinking that, well, we're selling our oil reserves at the higher price of $90 earlier this year, and then we're just going to refill it with a future lower price of around $70. Let's not forget that Donald Trump was trying to fill our strategic oil reserves when oil was $24 a barrel. And then what happened? We had Chuck Schumer and the Democratic Party try to say that Donald Trump was trying to give a big oil a bailout and give them more money, and it was a horrible decision to do this. We now have Joe Biden trying to refill the reserve at $70 a barrel. So just to give you a quick recap on, you know, maybe why Americans are focused in on those energy prices and how Joe Biden and his policies are directly responsible for the rising prices. But I mean, I don't know. What do I know? Um, what I do know is that Saudi Arabia is laughing at us. Now, remember that Joe Biden was groveling to Saudi Arabia to produce more oil because they were going to slash production by 2 million barrels, I believe it was per month. And that was going to be a, a big, a big, a big cut, right? And that was right ahead of the midterms. And Joe was like, hey, Saudi Arabia, like, look, I know that you guys um, have all of the power to control the price of oil, but like the midterms are coming up. And I told, you know, people in America that we can't produce our own oil, but then that kind of caused oil prices here to rise exponentially and energy prices. And now everybody kind of hates me. So can you guys just like wait until after the midterms to slash those? And Saudi Arabia was like, nah, fam, we're not doing that. It gets even worse. Um, per the Wall Street Journal, Saudi Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salman, the kingdom's 37-year-old day-to-day ruler, mocks President Biden in private, making fun of the 79-year-old's gas and questioning his mental acuity, according to people inside the Saudi government. He has told advisors he hasn't been impressed with Mr. Biden since his days as vice president and much preferred former President Donald Trump. And it gets even worse, guys, because um, Biden, while getting his fifth COVID vaccine today was asked about Saudi Arabia's response to him screening our strategic oil reserves, and this is how he responded. Listen. What's your reaction to the Saudis on oil urging you guys not to use reserves? Sir, do you think it was a mistake for New York to work? Get your COVID shot. Uh, yeah, our strategic oil reserves are the lowest that they've been since the 80s, and uh, <laughs> We're slowly inching our way towards war. Get your COVID shot because we're still in the middle of a pandemic. That's what Joe Biden said as he got his fifth COVID shot today. Fifth, five, numero cinco. It's just so laughable to me. It's just so laughable. But you know what? Again, if that is what Biden wants to campaign on, I think he should full force go ahead and do it because he's doing an incredible job campaigning for the Republicans. Now, let's also uh, delve into Biden a little bit more, talking about how, again, ahead of the midterms, those inflation prices are just a bit too high. Well, I found this old clip of Milton Friedman talking about um, how inflation happens, who is responsible for inflation. Let's go ahead and give that a quick listen. Inflation is made in Washington because only Washington can create money. And any other attribution of, to other groups of inflation is wrong. Consumers don't produce it. Producers don't produce it. Trade unions don't produce it. Foreign sheiks don't produce it. Oil imports don't produce it. What produces it is too much government spending and too much government creation of money and nothing else. Okay, so too much government spending and too much government creation of money. Again, Joe Biden says that the prices are too high as inflation rises before midterms. Uh, Biden's party hoped that as they headed into the midterm elections, that inflation would be receding. However, those hopes were dashed on Thursday when the final report ahead of the November vote showed prices rising more than expected. This is from Reuters. It came out on October 13th. And I wonder why inflation 
prices are rising, maybe because of the $739 billion Inflation Reduction Act that Joe Biden signed into law. Let's not forget about that banger of a law that was passed. And um, I'm pretty sure there was a lot of climate nonsense tucked away into this inflation reduction $739 billion law. Uh, Milton Friedman saying that it is government spending, reckless government spending that is the cause for high inflation. But, um, you know, Joe Biden just can't get his uh, finger on the pulse of why this is happening. Couple that with, again, the fact that um, we are now seeing a historic deployment per CBS News. The Army's 101st Airborne Division uh, has been deployed to Europe for the first time since the last World War. They are now the closest U.S. forces to the fight in Ukraine. Uh, Joe Biden still funding that fight as well. We are basically financially fighting Russia right now, and we are involved in that fight between Russia and Ukraine because we continue to send billions overseas to fund the Ukrainians. So that's a little bit of the Democrats' leader, right? And the, the person who is the head of their party. Now, let's take a peek at the candidates. I apologize that it took me 30 minutes to get into this, but let's highlight some of the candidates that are running nationwide and why the Democrats are ha having such a hard time. Let's start off with Katie Hobbs, who refuses to debate powerhouse Carrie Lake. Now, Katie is running against Carrie Lake for governor in Arizona, and she is still sticking to her no debate stance. Now, I wanted to look into why that was. Uh, clearly, I would not want to debate Carrie Lake if I was Katie Hobbs, uh, if I was a Democrat, because one, Katie Hobbs knows that she cannot hold a candle to Carrie Lake. Carrie Lake has been in... Um, news for, I believe, 25 years. So she is professional. I have met her in person. She has a very strong presence on stage, on camera. She's a very strong speaker. She's a strong leader. And she stands for America and the constituents of Arizona. Now, Katie Hobbs says that she refuses to debate Carrie Lake because it's a spectacle. She just wants a spectacle. And um, also, apparently, per Hobbs, the last midterm debate or the last debate where Republicans, um, you know, shared their own commentary left the Arizonan, oh, Arizonian constituents dumber. Let me see if I can find. Yeah. Arizona Democratic Democratic gubernatorial candidate Katie Hobbs is standing by her decision not to participate in a debate with her Republican opponent, Carrie Lake, saying the last Republican primary debate in Arizona made voters dumber. If you recall the last GOP primary debate here in Arizona, it ended up on late night comedy television. Voters were dumber for watching that, Hobbs said on Friday. It's clear that Carrie Lake is much more interested in creating a spectacle and having the spotlight than actually having a substantive discussion about the issues. Now, Katie Hobbs is saying this because she cannot hold a candle to Carrie Lake and she knows it. She knows she would be absolutely obliterated and she can't be embarrassed that badly on national TV. So she's just doing uh, some groundwork behind the scenes, like accidentally, um, you know, sending out the uh, wrong ballots to up to 6,000 Arizona voters ahead of the midterms. Let's take a peek into this. This happened on October 19th. Katie Hobbs' new voter registration error affects up to 6,000 Arizona voters. Approximately 1,000 receive mail ballots without local races. As many as 6,000 voters were incorrectly flagged as not having proof of citizenship on file, designating them as federal-only voters who may receive a federal-only ballot. Federal-only ballots do not contain local races like Hobbs' failing race for governor of Arizona. It's unclear how many Republican Carrie Lake voters were affected. So um, very interesting that Katie Hobbs is directly affected with sending or yeah, directly involved with sending out the ballots for the race that she is participating in. Doesn't seem very fair to me. And there's already discrepancies and errors happening. And, you know, what? sometimes the government makes mistakes. You know, sometimes you just accidentally count an extra couple thousand votes that were cast by dead people. And that's how Joe Biden gets elected as president of the United States. It's, you know, that happens sometimes. It's not a big deal, guys. Please look away at what's happening to the Arizona elections currently. So that's what's happening in Arizona. Let's take a peek at Pennsylvania. Now, John Fetterman has been on my radar and I've been closely watching him, but I, I mostly focus in on, you know, like nationwide politics. I haven't really honed in on any specific midterm races, but I have had my eye on John Fetterman, who recently had a stroke and who is so brain damaged that he actually needs a computer to transcribe conversations as he's having them 
so we can understand what's going on. Now, NBC was uh, one of the first news outlets to have an interview with Fetterman post-stroke. And people got upset. I believe it was Fetterman's own wife who demanded an apology from NBC for exposing his inability to track a conversation. Again, this uh, NBC reporter basically told viewers, okay, I'm asking the question. It's being transcribed for John Fetterman so he can read the question and then respond. Because she had to tell the truth in her reporting, um, Fetterman's wife got very upset and is now demanding an apology. And we're also seeing Democrats run damage control ahead of Fetterman's debate against Dr. Oz, which is going to be happening tonight. I'm sure we're going to be seeing a lot of very interesting clips because just like Joe Biden, Fetterman doesn't seem to be all there. He seems to be suffering from some cognitive decline. Um, so his campaign pre-debate um, said that human error by closed caption transcribers may cause errors in exchanges between the moderators and the candidates. So what they're basically saying with this is that, well, you know, the, the person that's transcribing might write something wrong. So maybe, uh, you know, Fetterman might not understand the, the question properly. So if he isn't able to properly respond, it's not his fault. Let's read a little bit into this article from the Gateway Pundit. The Senate campaign of recovering stroke victim, Pennsylvania Lieutenant Governor John Fetterman issued a statement Monday in advance of Tuesday's debate with Republican Senate nominee Dr. Oz, downplaying expectations for Fetterman's performance while offering a ready-made excuse for any failings by the brain-damaged candidate. Human error by closed caption transcribers that were demanded by Fetterman. The statement also says, we'll admit this isn't John's format. If we're all being honest, Oz clearly comes into Tuesday night with a huge built-in advantage to which I would respond if you are running for a leadership position, if you are running to become a senator, you need to be able to stand up and speak. You need to be able to be a leader. You need to be able to defend your opinions. You need to have full cognitive abilities, which John Fetterman clearly does not have. So again, if we're looking at Katie Hobbs, if we're looking at John Fetterman, it doesn't look like the Democrats are bringing their best. And let's keep going. Now, this clip is a little bit older, but I didn't play it on my last show and it has been in the vault waiting. Now, Tim Ryan is running against J.D. Vance in Ohio for Ohio Senate. And J.D. Vance absolutely mopped the floor with Ryan. OK, abortion, again, a very big topic of debate for the Democrats. Let's listen to J.D. Vance's response when the abortion topic is thrown his way. Remember the story of the 11 year old who was raped and then was not able to get abortion and abortion because of the overturn of Roe v. Wade and the abortion laws in the state of Ohio. This was J.D. Vance's response to this story um, when again, abortion was tried to when they tried to throw abortion in his face as um Kim being an evil person for not allowing this. Listen to this response. It is absolutely incredible. Uh, I, I absolutely think the 10-year-old girl, the case that we've, of course, heard a lot about, an incredibly tragic situation. I mean, look, I've got a 9-year-old baby girl at home. I cannot imagine what's that, what that's like for the girl, for her family. God forbid something that, like that would happen. I have said repeatedly on the record that I think that that girl should be able to get an abortion if she and her family so choose to do so. But let's talk about that case, because why was a 10-year-old girl raped in our community, raped in our state in the first place? The thing the media and Congress and Ryan, they talk about this all the time, the thing they never mentioned is that poor girl was raped by an illegal alien, somebody that should have never been in this state in the first place. You voted so many times against border wall funding, so many times for amnesty, Tim. If you had done your job, she would have never been raped in the first place. Do your job on border security. Don't lecture me about opinions I don't actually have. Round of applause for Republican J.D. Vance running for Ohio Senate against Tim Ryan. This is why Democrats are sweating. This is why Democrats are afraid. This is why Hillary Clinton is already coming out ahead of 2024 and saying, yeah, um, you know, Republican uh, right wing extremists are trying to steal our elections. It's because. They have destroyed this country. They have destroyed our economy. They have destroyed our freedoms. They have taken away our rights. They have politically persecuted us. And the American people are damn tired of it. And that is why they are going to vote the Democratic Party out. The Democratic Party loves to cry and scream about saving democracy. But when it is the actual people who use their, we're not really a true democracy. We're a republic. But 
still use their vote, right, to voice their opinions and oust those in office who have destroyed our country, then Democrats scream stolen, fortified uh, election, right? And it's fun when they do it. But when Republicans have legitimate evidence and say, hey, what about our election? Do we really all think that Joe Biden got more votes than Barack Obama? That's a freaking joke if I ever heard of one. Then we're labeled the domestic terrorists who are a threat to democracy. Now, going back to J.D. Vance and Tim Ryan, uh, J.D. Vance retweeted this video of Tim Ryan, who is masked up and giving a speech to a very empty crowd of Ohioans. Is that what you guys are called over there? Apologies if I'm mispronouncing that. He uh, retweets and says, I woke up today feeling really good about our campaign, but then I saw this massive and enthusiastic crowd addressed by a masked Tim Ryan and realized we could be in trouble. And I wanted to bring this up because if you are a podcast listener, um, J.D. Vance is being very sarcastic with his rhetoric here. He's speaking to a pretty empty chapel of people who are all masked up as, again, Democrats nationwide continue to lose steam. Now, one of the Democrats, actually a darling of the party, very popular, uh, really, really a spokesperson for the progressive left, right? AOC. We felt like for such a long time, she was untouchable. Not anymore. Now, she's running against Tina Forte for Congress in the Bronx, and uh, the people of the Bronx have been confronting AOC. In the last show, we played that video of these two activists who were calling AOC a warmonger for supporting the war between Russia and Ukraine. And this was AOC's um, latest campaign event or speech last week. I watched this clip. I'm not joking at least 20 times because it's so hilarious and it's just so indicative of how the American people actually feel about these fake Democrats who have allowed their cities to devolve into criminally infested, homeless, crime-ridden, drug-ridden hellholes. Watch this clip. So AOC, so embarrassing, doing so poorly and getting pushback in her own constituents so much so that all she can do is dance. Now, this is my favorite part of the clip, too. AOC getting so uncomfortable that she just devolves into this fake Puerto Rican, I don't even know what accent. Oh, my gosh. I love this clip. Watch. All right. All right. Listen. All right. Listen. Listen. Okay. Listen. All right. All right. All right. Okay. Listen. Listen. Okay. Listen. I know you don't like me because like I passed these progressive like policies and it really ruined your city and stuff but like I don't really have to deal with the crime so it's cool okay like stop yelling at me listen oh my gosh I freaking watched that clip 20 times because it's such a joke just like AOC's entire time in office she is one of the most clowned politicians because she's she's crazy She's just straight up crazy. None of her ideology makes sense when put into practice. And again, too, going back to my coverage of Portland, that's why I go out on the streets because when AOC goes on an Instagram live and tells you, yeah, we just really need to push for like bail reform because like people are just really like racially discriminated against and we need to let them out of prison because America just loves profiting off of prisoners in the black community by incarcerating them for no reason. And then you go to the Bronx and people are literally getting shot on the street in front of you and you're like whoa bro i don't know i just feel like what you were telling me on instagram live versus the reality are two very different things i don't know bill reform is such a good idea that's why crime is at the forefront for um again the average american and we're going to get into crime here in a moment but um the media continuing to try to label the right wing as domestic extremists, far right racists that need to be silenced. But this is true democracy. We're seeing it in action every single day, right? Uh, democracy in the sense of the people voicing their opinions and ousting the elected officials that are destroying their country. They're going and they're confronting AOC. Uh, J.D. Vance is obliterating Tim Ryan because Tim Ryan can't even properly debate. Katie Hobbs is running scared against Carrie Lake because she knows that she has no legitimate argument argument against Carrie Lake and her strong border policy. We have Fetterman's campaign already running ground control for him because he does not have uh, 
all his brain cells working up there, to be quite honest with you, because he he did suffer a stroke and his his ability to lead is not all there. So that is why the left wing, that is why the media has to continue to demonize Republicans as these extremists, because we are making a positive change for this country and the Democrats are losing. And it's not because... Um, it's not because the American people are rational or crazy. It's because we care about real world policy that's actually affecting us. Again, the economy, the inflation rates, the, the rising gas prices, the rising food prices. And what are Democrats focused in on? Abortion, transgenderism, January 6th, MSNBC. They really have been putting out all the bangers. Shout out to them for Joe Biden falling asleep on camera and then telling us that he's going to die. They also granted us with this gift of a whopper. Uh, this was an MSNBC reporter basically trying to get her gotcha moment with the uh, Trump supporters regarding January 6th. Did not go as she planned. Just listen to this clip. Doug Mastriano was at the insurrection and he was photographed breaching one of the restricted areas. Is that okay? Which area? Because I saw a video where Capitol officers yes. were taking away barriers and unlocking doors, doors of people. So, yeah. I mean, I... They opened the gates. So it shouldn't be disqualifying for an elected official no, no, no. if they no, participated in January 6th. He, he didn't strike anybody. He didn't hurt anybody. Yeah, and the only one that died was a protester there, not a Capitol police. An unarmed officer. female veteran. Which That's the only one that died. That's well, the only one who died. A police officer did die. No, it, it was a stroke. That's not. That's not, not on site. Caused by that. That's because right. he shouldn't have been a police officer. Okay, so this clip is almost three minutes long, and I would highly encourage you guys to go watch it. Again, on my subscribe store, I do put the uh, document for all of the videos, articles, all of the research that I do for every single one of these videos. I will link it down below. Please go watch this video in its entirety, because this MSNBC reporter gets absolutely destroyed by educated Americans who did not listen to the media about what happened on January 6th, but actually did their own research and understood what actually happened that day. So go listen to that full clip. The media is losing ground. They are losing power. The Democratic Party is losing ground and they are losing um, whatever trajectory forward that they had with not only Joe Biden and his horrific public policy, him being a national and international laughingstock, but also their own candidates coming in so weak and trying to ignore the uh, crime ridden streets of America that they have created. Now let's take a peek at New York City and New York State as a whole as well. Uh, Kathy Hochul running against Lee Zeldin for governor. A lot of people very upset with the way that Kathy Hochul is treating illegal immigrants uh, compared to her own homeless population. Here is uh, New York's latest response to the surge of illegal immigrants making their way to New York City. Again, a direct result of Democrat policy with the open borders. Let's take a peek at New York City. This place is pretty nice. It's decked out with, as you said, Xbox TVs, uh, Latin American food, three meals a day, coffee and tea service, as well as international calls. Now, just about a half a mile away from here on Randall's Island is a homeless uh, facility. The residents of that facility, not so happy about how posh things are over here. Here's what one of the residents said. He said, with one, uh, told the New York Post this, by the way, they've got Xboxes. Get the F out of here. The building I'm in is so effing awful. The smell is awful on every floor. The tents look five times better once a month. If I recognize the food, I'll eat it. But you taste some meals and you just don't know what it is. So that's how New York City is taking care of their homeless, putting them up in a stinky shelter where they're giving them food that they can't even recognize. Meanwhile, illegal immigrants are getting air-conditioned living rooms with Xboxes and phone calls so they can make international calls to their family members. Now, that's what's happening in New York. We'll see who wins the race for governor up there. Let's check in on Philadelphia and uh, maybe why crime, drugs, homelessness is an issue for some voters. Here's a video recently from Philadelphia. This man is taking a snow shovel and he is scraping... Um, I guess it kind of looks like an overpass, right? There's like a little ledge there and he's just scraping needles upon needles used for 
Whatever drug of choice you would like in Philadelphia, this is what the streets of Philly currently look like, Democrat run. Let's also take a peek at, again, that surging crime nationwide. California woman recalls attack raped by homeless man released from jail hours earlier. Now, what you're seeing on screen is this woman who was brutally beaten. I believe she was hit in the face 15 to 20 times by this homeless man who was let out of jail, uh, I believe, just hours before her attack. Uh, she said that she wasn't wearing headphones, that she was, you know, very aware of her surroundings, but this homeless man ran up on her from behind, pushed her down, raped her, beat her, and he was, again, uh, released from jail just a few hours prior to this. California and some of the people leading the charge for political change in the country as they continue to be victim of these horrific crimes. Now, uh, I want to play you another clip. This one is of a man in the Bronx pushing another man onto train tracks as the sixth train was arriving. In the video, you don't actually see him push the man onto the tracks. I did see a different version where you watch the man get thrown onto the rails and it's absolutely horrifying. But this is what every single day is like in the Bronx and in New York City. I have gone to the city myself, uh, similar to, again, the Portland report that I just put out. I went to New York and I asked New Yorkers the same thing. Hey, what's the most horrific thing you've seen? And again, it's people being pushed onto subway tracks. It is uh, people using fentanyl or snorting cocaine on the streets or shooting up some type of drug. Um, this is what is happening in our cities. By the way, the man who was arrested for this shove, he... Um, He's a career criminal. He's a 41-year-old career criminal with more than 30 arrests, many for violent crimes, including attempted murder, assault, and possession of a weapon, according to police sources. But yes, it is those progressive DAs that continue to allow these criminals to run free. Let me just roll through a couple more headlines with you. Suspect in New York City knockout game subway attack held on $20,000 bail. Why am I in trouble? The problem kid charged in a suspected knockout game attack on a 16 a 62-year-old Bronx citizen claimed the vicious assault was in self-defense court paper show as he was ordered held on bail on a $20,000 bail. Deshaun Smith, 21, is charged with assault, harassment, and reckless endangerment for allegedly punching the unsuspected victim and knocking him onto the tracks at 149th Street Station Sunday night. And then he has to ask, why am I in trouble? I was merely playing a fun game where I beat people senseless on the streets of New York City. I thought that was legal here. If you guys haven't watched my Portland report, it is up on my channel. It is a 12-minute report that details all of the horrors that I did see on the street. Or you can also read the article that I wrote for the Post Millennial on top of going out on the streets, getting all of the coverage for you guys, editing the reports up, uh, you know, being on the ground. I'm also writing articles and adding those extra statistics of what's really happening on the ground. Um, one of the statistics that I did happen upon um, was that overdose deaths wrote, Overdose deaths rose 33% in 2021, the year after Measure 110 was passed in Portland. And just to refresh your guys' memory, Measure 110 uh, decriminalized hard drugs throughout the entire state of Oregon in 2020. Since then, crime has surged. Um, theft has surged. Prostitution, drug overdoses. I literally watched somebody overdose with my own two eyes last week. It was very heartbreaking to see. That is the reality of Democrat cities. Um, another example of what Portland looks like, apologies to my viewers that are watching right now. This comes from Andy No. This is a Portland Loo, a public toilet in downtown that is hailed as a successful taxpayer program. Each toilet costs taxpayers at least $130,000 and tens of thousands more to maintain each year. San Diego spent $560,000 for two Portland Loos. And if you're a podcast listener, what is currently on screen is probably the most disgusting bathroom I have ever seen in my life. And I actually am going to close out of this because I am about to gag. But the entire floor is caked in feces. The toilet is caked in feces. There's multiple pieces of clothing caked in feces, and I'm sure urine as well. Absolutely horrific. So this is what the streets of America are looking like under Democrat rule. Um, let's keep going as well. Now, a Kansas City woman has been set free of charges after quote-unquote, protecting her boyfriend in a fight with a firefighter. Now, I want to give you some context to this story. Um, apparently, this off-duty firefighter 
intervened when a clerk, a clerk at a store got into, you know, a verbal argument with a customer because the, the clerk didn't have the kind of cigars that the customer was wanting. After the clerk refused the man's service and told him to leave, uh, the off-duty firefighter also told him to leave. The customer jumped away and started threatening him, court records said. Surveillance video showed the incident, incident move outside when the man reached into a white SUV and pulled out an item. So that item, of course, was a firearm with an extended magazine. So this criminal pulls a firearm out of his vehicle after getting into a verbal altercation or verbal argument, if you will, with a store owner because the store owner didn't have the type of cigars that he wanted. Uh, Off-duty firefighter tells him, get out of here. Guy goes out to his car, reaches for a gun. The firefighter wrestles him to the ground because, you know, I'm guessing he didn't want to get shot. And then... The criminal's girlfriend gets a gun and shoots this firefighter, kills him, and she has now been let off and set free. From the post-millennial, far-left Missouri prosecutor declines to charge woman who fatally shot firefighter in the back uh, because this woman decided to claim self-defense. So this is the Democrat-run streets of America. Absolutely disgusting. Now, I want to highlight why people like myself are censored and silenced, okay? Why people like Alex Jones are being hit with potentially $2.7 trillion in damages from the Sandy Hook families. Why people like Donald Trump were kicked off of Twitter. Why Project Veritas and James O'Keefe are labeled domestic terrorist number one and you know need to be silenced and sued because they're spreading misinformation. Why is it that all of the people who are genuinely trying to show the truth about what's happening on the streets of America, genuinely trying to pull up real statistics about crime, drug use, homelessness, about uh, the reality of what Americans are living through, why is it that people like myself and Alex Jones are so censored and silenced? Because we're bringing you the truth about what is really going on on the streets of America. Democrats are not happy with the fact that you still have access to information and freedom of thought. They cannot stand the fact that you can look at the economy and you can look at rising food and gas prices and you can look at the record high inflation rate and think for yourself, I don't like that. I really want to vote the people out who have... Uh, allowed this problem to fester in my country and in my nation. I, I don't like this. Democrats cannot stand that. And that is why we are seeing the Sandy Hook families currently trying to sue Alex Jones for $2.75 trillion in damages. And if you're asking yourself, okay, Seth, how does this relate to Alex Jones? It relates because Alex Jones has been at the forefront of exposing a lot of government crime yeah, crime, corruption, how the government has been responsible for completely degrading our nation, destroying the traditional family and leading us to where we are today, which is why he has been deemed public enemy number one and which is why he's being well, they're trying to destroy him. They already hit him with almost a billion dollars in damages, and now they're seeking upwards of three trillion. It's an absolute joke. Uh, but just like Kanye West, who is also being persecuted and attacked right now for having the wrong opinion, this all started with Alex Jones. And because enough people did not stand up for him and stand up for genuine free speech, because whether or not you like what someone else has to say, that is free speech. Because we did not stand up for that, we are now living through a time where our country is degrading, where Criminals run our streets where we have people rotting on the streets of Democrat-run cities uh, because they're allowed to do hard drugs. This has been allowed to prosper because we began censoring the information that was necessary for Americans to make an educated vote. Because we started looking the other way when it was the wrong political party that was calling out election fraud. Because we just turned the other cheek when it was the January Sixers who were being politically persecuted against. We were silenced, we were censored, but we, we still didn't push back and we weren't vocal enough about it. Uh, and that's why big tech had to double down and continue to silence us. Because the Democrats left, because the liberal left, whatever you want to call them, because the new world order, the people in charge, they're trying to degrade our entire society, cannot stand it when people can make an educated vote based off of the reality of what is currently going on. It's why we now have Google censoring people's uh, personal Google drives. I saw this on Twitter the other day. 
this person posted this screenshot that said your file may violate Google Drive's terms of service. So we are now seeing private Google Drives being censored. And we will continue to see a rampant effort of censorship on big tech platforms of candidates that are effective. We will continue to see the slander by the media of just anyone with common sense as an extremist or a racist or a Nazi supremacist uh, because we are genuinely just trying to educate the masses on what is currently going on. Now, I do want to end the show on a happier note uh, because, you know, on top of actually the Republicans gaining major waves and major traction two weeks away from the midterms, uh, we also had a judge in New York City toss the COVID vaccine mandate and um, ordered that fired city workers get back pay. New York City's controversial COVID-19 vaccine mandate for municipal workers was enacted illegally and employees who were fired for refusing to comply must be immediately reinstated with back pay. A state judge has ruled. This is an absolutely incredible win. And I am so happy for all of the people who stood their ground and said, you know what? My morals and my rights and my freedoms are far more important than a paycheck. And I'm going to stand my ground on this and stand up for my personal rights and freedoms. Congratulations to each and every single one of you in New York City who held strong in the face of intense medical discrimination, persecution. Congratulations. Judge has now tossed out that New York City COVID vaccine mandate and is now ordering back pay for those fired workers. We are making positive moves in the right direction, and the 2022 midterms are going to be the catalyst for what's to come ahead of 2024. I do truly, after being on the streets of America and talking to every single American I can from the East Coast to the West Coast, believe that we are going to see a humongous red wave ahead of not only you know the midterms in 2022, but 2024 as well. I see a strong Republican candidate coming in, taking over. And it's a joke that if Joe Biden runs again, um, you know, that race is pretty much in the bag already. But we are going to see a continued push. We are going to con see continued support for the Republican Party, America first candidates, because Americans want their country back. They want stability. They want rule of law. And this America that we are currently living in cannot stand, will not stand and will not prosper. We're not living in a prosperous state right now. We are living in a state of decay, and it is up to rational, educated Americans to make the change happen. My name is Savannah Hernandez. This has been another episode of Rapid Fire. Again, if you do like the show, remember you can listen to it on podcast on Google Play, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere podcasts are streamed. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, please go leave a five-star review. I read every single one of them. Also remember to go and uh, give some love to our sponsor, Old Country Soap. Go check out their soap and uh, maybe buy a box for your family ahead of the holiday season. Use coupon code SAV for 20% off of your order. Also, if you would like to meet me in person, I will be at TPUSA's America Fest in December. That event is December 17th through 20th in Phoenix, Arizona. Use discount code SAV, S-A-V, for 20% off your ticket. Link is down below. And also, finally, go check out my subscribe star where you can find the link to all of the research all of the documents, all of the videos that I use and every single one of these shows that is absolutely free to you. I'm never going to make you pay um, to access all of my research. I want to provide it for you guys for free because I do believe in a very educated society, but it is just on my subscribe start, but it's free. So go check it out. Thank you for tuning into another episode. My name is Savannah Hernandez and I will see you guys next time.